Hey, Bluntheads, for Bluntcast number four, we Zoomed with Pastor Rachel Sensenig of the Circle of Hope Church down on South Broad Street. Rachel's joined us to discuss the impact of the current COVID situation on the church and her congregation. We also discuss how churches interact with their members in times of social distancing. What is it about Circle of Hope that attracts younger members and how the shutdowns affected their local thrift stores? To watch our Bluntcast live, please follow us on Facebook for the live events. When technology permits, usually Monday, Wednesday, Friday at about 9 and you can also watch these Bluntcast videos the next day on YouTube. Follow our YouTube channel, The Philly Blunt, all one jumbled word, no spaces. And uh, we hope you enjoy. It's the sound of Philadelphia. Yeah. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to The Philly Blunt. My name's Johnny Good Times. I'm Reef. Yo, this is Greg. And I'm Hey, Ray. Hey, <laughs> Sorry. We are excited. She's excited to be here. Yes. Even more so. Uh, Rachel Sinsenig, welcome to the show. Thank you. What's uh, What's going on? You are uh, you run Circle of Hope, and you are uh, a pastor in South Philly. Is that right? Correct. Yep. And Time- obviously. Obviously, the things that have been happening over the last couple of weeks have had a, I would suspect, a pretty big impact both on your retail establishment and also on just religion in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's pretty intense. Um, I mean, definitely, it was a bummer to to shut down Circle Thrift. Um, and our other businesses, but I think our church kind of is, I, I, I mean, I, I hate to say we're like made for this, but, um, because it's such a tragedy all over the world, but we're kind of, we kind of are because the church is like the people, not, Mm -hmm. not the building. Um, and so we meet in small groups throughout the week already that are kind of like the heart of our movement. Um, so we're, we're still going strong and probably even more, you know, doing more in this time together to connect and pray for each other, provide relief where we can. Can you tell us a little bit more about what it is that Circle of Hope does? Sure. I mean, we're, you know, we're a basic Christian church, like into the teachings of Jesus. Um, we share resources with each other. Um, we have weekly meetings on Sundays in the evening though. Uh, so we can sleep in, in the morning. <laughs> um, and we have these meet the we- meetings throughout the week in smaller groups that we call cells. And, um, they're just, they're small groups that are kind of, they grow organically like cells of a body. Um, mm. and they, uh, they multiply as people get connected and included. Um, but we're kind of like sharing life together and um, discovering that we're connected to God through Jesus. And that makes a real difference in um, how we love and form community and mm-hmm. make relationships. Where, where, are you, where, are you, where are you all? Are you all headquartered here in Philly? Is that the whole... Yeah, we are four congregations right now. One is in Jersey, though. So we have three in Philly, one in South Philly, one in 
Frankfurt and one in the Northwest in Germantown. Mm. Okay. Sorry, go ahead, Ray. Yeah, I was going to ask. So with everything that's going on in a situation like this, you've seen um, an increase and a strengthening in faith and not a kind of uh, confusion towards it? Yeah, definitely. I think, um, like, even our – we never did online Sunday meetings before, but they were more well-attended than our – regular meetings. I mean, I think, I think there's just, you know, whether it's like people can finally sit on their couch and, you know, that's easier, or I think it's more like there's a, there's kind of a spiritual hunger. Um, people are realizing, um, Hey, we need to pay attention to each other. We need God. Um, and also a recognition that we like, we have that, we are connected to God and we want to like express that in a bigger way. You guys do it on like Instagram, Facebook live or live stream. Like how do you do your services? Uh, we're doing it. Uh, we have a YouTube channel that we're doing the, the Sunday meetings on, but cells are meeting on zoom like this. <laughs> um, Google meet, Google hang throughout the week. How did the, uh, you know, we'll obviously be talking more about kind of how you guys are dealing with, you know, this unique environment that we're in, but I'm curious too, what was the impetus to start the thrift store? How did that, how did that come about? Oh, cool. Yeah. um, We wanted to share our resources um, around the world to, in a bigger way, like, especially to places that are you know, in real need of relief. And so um, we had this idea that, you know, we, most of us have more stuff than we need. And um, if we can make a little money that way and give it to people who are doing relief and development work around the world, um, we want to do that. So we're, we're able to send quite you know, after paying our overhead and our staff a living wage, we're able to send quite a bit of money around the world and, and also like in Philly mm-hmm. to places that, that need help. Yeah. And, and while it's closed in place of that, what are, what are some initiatives and things that you guys are doing on the ground to, to help the people out? Um, we, uh, we have t- over 20 compassion teams right now that are doing things in schools like putting libraries in um some of our compassion teams do like urban farming Mm -hmm. um where we we used to be able to like take over abandoned lots and just plant things but now um we we've actually worked with some city initiatives to like uh you know, get the land bank going so that not not all of those abandoned lots are are built up by are sucked up by developers anymore. Mm-hmm. But we can kind of claim them for neighborhoods to make gardens and things. Mm-hmm. Um, oh man, we have like we have a counseling center um, that has a couple different locations where we're like into you know quality therapy. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm forgetting the other ones right now. Yeah, no, it's all good. 
So, so you started, you know, you, you got a degree in sociology and uh, philosophy. You got a master's in social work. Was that all in preparation for going into work with the church or did that come about later? That's a great question. No, this work with the church was a, a pretty big surprise. I was, I was like, I got my master's in social work um, and I was working in that field for like 12 years uh, in the HIV community, loved it, um, worked with great people. But at the same time, my, my life was changed. I was going through this transformation myself and feeling called to um plant the church like we were we were part of circle of hope and i was seeing i was seeing things happen in people's lives and forming community um people really able to like work together to make change in a in a bigger way than i was able to even do in social work because of the you know the the boundaries and the constraints that they that they need to put on those systems so um, I eventually made the switch because my community, like Circle of Hope was, was kind of calling me into it. God was calling me and they were saying like, hey, Rachel, you need to, you need to like take yourself seriously and consider being a pastor. But that was, that was kind of crazy for me because I grew up in a church um, where there were never women leaders. Um, my family, Reef and I were talking about Italian. Um, my family is 100% Italian, uh, so it's very like traditional uh, roles for men and women. Um, and I was, I was kind of okay with that. And so this was like a, you know, shaking my world a little bit to think about being a, a pastor. But I finally just had to say yes and trust God that. He would help me do it. Yeah. I've always wondered what are the well, like what are the steps to becoming a pastor? Like, do you have to like take classes, study, like read the Bible? Like, I don't know. Like, what's the? <laughs> Can you just well, be like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a pastor now? I, well, you know, the internet the internet lets people do all the kinds of things now, but. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can marry I think, someone if, like, if, like, for, like, if I read a course for like an hour, I can I can go marry a bunch of people. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think it's most legit if you're really grounded in an actual community of people that are kind of affirming that calling. I, I personally think that's more powerful than going to school for it for, you know, I'm, I'm hugely into education and I have a master's degree, but um, I think it even and seminary is great. Um, and I've been able to study a little bit um, along the way, but I kind of think like doing it, is if you feel called to it, doing it is the best teacher. Um, so I read the Bible a lot. I, you know, I love the Bible, but I, I don't have a seminary degree yet. I, I think um, the Is it the necessary in your opinion? Like, yeah. I don't think so. I think, you know, like look at the, look at Jesus's 12 disciples. Look at the first apostles in the early church. They didn't have <laughs> seminary wasn't even invented and they were like, they were changing the world. Okay. So I, I think we're, we're trying to get back into that and empower people, just regular people to do extraordinary things. Was there a moment where you specifically felt called or was it kind of a buildup of a number of things? 
um, it was like my own kind of conversion was, um, was a process, but it was kind of a, an intense time in my twenties where I was kind of, uh, like, even though I had been raised in the church, I kind of was, um, just falling flat on my face, trying to, trying to live a good life. Like I wasn't, it wasn't really working out. I, I realized I really can't do this like on my, on my like own good efforts. And so I was kind of like seeking God on, on a deeper level out of my own struggle. And um, that's when I heard about Circle of Hope and it became just kind of a safe place to like work out my stuff and, and be surrounded by good people for a while. And yeah. then it was, it was years down the road that I, that I felt this call to pastor. You had like a pastor and mentor, someone who like kind of guides you along the way in through it? Yeah, that's a really good point, Greg. Um, my pastor um, at the time who started Circle of Hope, Rod White, he's been a really good mentor to me. And he was kind of, um, you know, putting putting the bug in my ear gently that I should I should take myself seriously. So I, I'm grateful for that. And he's still around as our development pastor, still coming up with new ideas. But he's definitely like uh, taken a back seat, which, you know, I rarely see what, you know, white men especially do that kind of like giving up of power kind of move. But I think that is, that's so Jesus. And he has really done that to empower younger people to, to the movement. What are your thoughts on the, the, the ideology or the, the belief that I'm, and this is something that I, I hold is that, you know, I believe in a higher power, but I don't subscribe to any religion. You know, I, I experienced, you know, being Baptist with my mom when I was a kid to studying Islam with my cousins when I was a teenager to now being at a point where I do believe in God. I do believe that, you know, there's um, forces at work, but I don't attach myself to any religion. Does that make me less, you know what I mean? Like I always wonder people that are in that world because I've met some people that have been very judgmental about that. So where do you, mm. where do you stand with that? Yeah, I it's it's like, you know, it's their it's it's their way or, or you're you're a sinner, you're a heathen. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't think that's very helpful at all. Um I think I think it's really understandable to um be kind of like a spiritual person but not religious, like connected to any one particular like institution or faith because of all the, all that kind of crap that has gone on. And, you know, I hate to say it, but even in the history of the Christian church, like all the terrible things that have been done in the name of God are just like horrendous. Um, so I, I, I get it, you know, just kind of um, hanging out in the like, God, you know, God is real, but um, um, I'm not sure where to go from there. I, I think I think everybody's journey. I think 
everybody's journey is their own and God will reveal God's self to people who are seeking. And Jesus said that all the time anyway. Like if you, if you seek me with all your heart, you'll, you'll find me. And so I, that's kind of, that's kind of how I roll. And I think that works way better. That's way truer than like any kind of like dogma or mm-hmm. condemnation, especially. Right. What, right. What, what is a, what does a week look like for you? Like what's the, what's the course of your week when, you know, d- divided between doing the working with the congregation or doing things where you're trying to raise money or, or, you know, the thrift store, the whole thing, what's it look like for you? Well, it's, it starts with um, a lot of conversation with my teammates. Um, I'm lucky enough to be like on a pastor team with the three other pastors of our congregation. So we talk a lot and, um, kind of plan the week together but then it's just it's it's not just taking care of of the people we have but it's kind of looking looking for the next person um looking to that that outer edge of of people that we want to connect to and who's looking for us i really try to make time in the week for that to hang out with with new people, even though I could easily fill up my time with the people I already know and love. But what we try to do in Circle of Hope is like um, really empower the cell leaders to pastor their own groups um, because I I think they're equipped to do that, you know, back to like regular people leading the church. You all tend to have a really young congregation, it seems like, from the outside. Is that true? And if so, why do you think that is? Um, I, think, I think young people really want to make a difference in, in the world. And um, they often have, like, the, the capacity to do it, you know, before kids and a mortgage and... Um, you know, all that stuff. But we also have some like serious partners who are in their 30s and 40s and even 50s and 60s now um, who really are like pillars of the movement. How is this? How is, you know, obviously we're living through a, a very remarkable time. I mean, this will be you know, in all of our lifetimes, this is going to be one of the stretches that's most remembered, most talked about historically. How, how is that impacting, you know, how is that impacting the church? Oh my gosh, that's, Johnny, that's really, something really cool is happening um, on, uh, in terms of like the church, capital C, coming together across denominational and cultural lines. Like, like G I see Jesus followers all around the world, like unifying in more tangible ways to like, to serve the most vulnerable, um, particularly in our city. Like I was on a call on Monday with like 20 other pastors and church leaders, all from like people like that have, churches with all kinds of different styles and sizes um, that are coming together now saying like, you know, how can we, how can we feed people in this time? How can we 
how can we help, you know, the women and children who are uh, on lockdown in like dangerous situations in their houses now? Like, like how can we, um, you know, be the underground foundation of love in this city of brotherly and sisterly love? And, and, that, and the church is doing that. So I'm, I'm psyched about that. So, uh, you know, from a PR perspective, uh, you know, I think the church has gone through a rough time because I think a lot of us uh, of our generation feel very left out because the church has seemed like, um, you know, the the stuff we get, at least in the news, is from an evangelical side, which seems Mm -hmm. very backwards Uh. and seems very... uh, anti everything we kind of stand for is that is that stigma tough to separate yourself from well i think it hinders a lot of people from even like (coughs) like thinking about going to our website and you know like i i think i i mean i'm just gonna say it the fact that like donald trump calls himself a christian and um you know is how he is uh is really confusing right it's, and i think i think a lot of us see it as he's the best that, christian no one's yeah. a better christian no <laughs> one's a better christian than me <laughs> don't upset Reed. he's a Trump fan. He's, 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 he, yeah what, what's your favorite book of the bible i love all of them they're all they're all great they're just books. great how do you um but yeah, <laughs> you know i mean i think that that's the way it's portrayed you know, in our, in society, it's portrayed as something that basically is the backbone of the Republican Party. And for those of us who are offended by a lot of things they stand for, mm-hmm. it, that's really hard to get past. How would, what would you say to somebody that's in that sort of frame of mind? Is it somebody else? I would just, I would try to get to know them and make a that's relationship and, and, and pay attention to them in their world. And, and then, uh, you know, as we become friends and they kind of let, let me in on, on that stuff. Um, I would guide them to the actual teachings of Jesus that, that we'd already be like doing as we relate, but like the teachings of Jesus are like, you know, love your enemy, uh, care about the poor, (laughs) um, you know, love your neighbor, share your resources, you know, they're, they're definitely way different from um, a lot of what we've, you know, seen at the government. Is is that frustrating for you? Uh, That's because I feel like that's the way, you know, the, the church is presented you know, on a, a national scale when you're not in the, in the heart of it, you know, I mean, let's be honest. I think the church has a bit of a PR problem. And you know, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> huge. Uh, yeah. And like, does that, is, is that frustrating for you? And is that frustrating for the people that you interact with who I'm sure are not that way? Yeah, it is frustrating for me. And I have to, I have to um, trust God to show us a way through that every day and connect, you know, send us the people that are looking connect with the, you know, Jesus talks about those who have ears to hear, um, find those people. But it, I, I agree. I do grieve that all the time, Johnny. It's like, I think there's so many people who are spiritually hungry, who are just kind of kept 
um, outside of faith because of these wacky um, images of it that we get. Yeah. Right. So there's the uh, the famous quote that the you know the most segregated hour in America is is high noon on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems like Circle, you guys have kind of made it a mission to diversify and 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 be open to that. Um, was that a conscious decision, or was that something that's kind of happened naturally? Because it's one of the places that I've seen very few churches. It's either the black church or the white church. If we're keeping it keeping it real, you guys sure. have a very nice mix of of, of different cultures. Um, and, and even, uh, you know, gay brothers and sisters, I've, I've seen the whole gamut at, how are you guys able to bring all those people in together? Well, we're, you know, we, we pray on it and we work at it. It's, um, I don't think we have arrived yet by any means, but, um, we, we care about it cause I think God cares about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there are, you know, there are groups of people who have been oppressed and um, unjustly and um, they, we all have a seat at the table (laughs) with Jesus. And so like, um, yeah, we, we work at that consciously. And I I think we still have a lot of work to do, but we're going to, we're going to die trying. So I come from a Catholic background. It's very like strict, rigid, say the same thing various like pretty much the same hymns what's a sunday doing a circle is it what's a tip is there do you have structure like that yeah greg we try to like we we the borrow from thing, you always bug me out like the whole you kneel and then you get up and then you like do like a shimmy and then you like splash <laughs> water on your face and then you, you know, it's, it's, it's a whole production man yeah <laughs> It is. I actually like kneeling and we, we like hardly <laughs> ever do that. Um, we like, we borrow from lots of different traditions, depending on who our worship leaders are, are, are we call them art directors who kind of help design the liturgy. Um, we, yeah, we, we try to take from lots of different traditions, depending on how people are inspired. And there's always music. Um, there's always singing because I think that, um, we're just kind of made to express ourselves um, and singing, you know, can help us. There's even some, my friend was just telling me like when people sing together, their hearts actually, their heartbeats actually start lining up. Isn't that wild? I can see it. When me and Johnny harmonize. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, sometimes around the, but, but it's around like, um, you know, the, the fire in the barrel and we're just yeah, doo-wopping, yeah, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I've, I, when I go back to, I grew up Methodist uh, and went to a, and, and I don't go back very often, but every once in a while I've gone back, it's like, I'm so not used to singing in unison with people that when I do, like I get teared up, like, when I was a kid, it was just something that you did, but then you get older and you don't really do it anymore. And it's like you and 150, 200 other people are singing along together. Like that's a pretty powerful thing. Totally. I think it is really powerful and it, it's good to just um, express ourselves creatively. So yeah, a lot of, a lot of our people, a lot of the songs we sing are originals. They're written by um, 
our people somehow we, oh, wow. we have we have lots of artists um so that's cool and there's usually some kind of sermon um or message as like an element to the meeting um and there's always talk back which i think is um pretty unique um i wish i wish everybody did it because it's so it sometimes ends up being better than the the sermon yeah the things that go ahead ahead. finish um the things that people like the comments and questions and stories that come after the sermon that we 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 have this like 10 minute time of dialogue right there in the meeting with each other that's like my favorite do you guys have fellowship where there's food yes yes nice nice okay (laughs) all right Yep, that was my it. favorite part of church always, man. <laughs> right. Always. Yeah. That's important. Yeah. Just eight years old, just kind of wandering the halls back and forth, waiting for something to come out. What denomination are you guys closest to? I don't really see any information specifically, but what would you say you're similar to? We're closest to the Anabaptist community and specifically the Brethren in Christ. Um, but Anabaptists are that that family. I've never heard that before. Yeah, how do you so, explain? like the the word Anna, Anabaptist, A N A, and then Baptist. It means rebaptizers because they were mm. the they were the people in Europe. Um, this is back, like I think, in like the fourteen hundreds, like after the printing press was invented, and people people could finally get the Bible in their own language and they didn't have to just get it from the priest they started to connect with with the person of jesus in a different way and they started to then rebel against the catholic church and this is nothing against the catholic church because i love catholics and i think they have you know we're full of our church is full of catholics um they have wonderful traditions but at that time it was like the church was like married to statehood and citizenship, um, you know, and all the money and political power that goes with that. And people started to see a totally different thing in Jesus. And they, they wanted to not then baptize their children as like a sign of statehood. They wanted to give their kids an opportunity to like make a personal decision and so they started rebaptizing each other as adults when they when they came into this like personal relationship with God. Yeah. I mean that makes a lot of sense because it feels like it's like a different, you know, it's like here's everything that you thought you knew, but here's what you can be if you wanted to really be about it. Because I feel it feels like you guys' mission, um, and you know, full disclosure, my brother-in-law, Steph's brother, my you know, the, uh, my brother that I love very much. He found a very uh, uh, great path going through you guys, so I'm forever grateful for that. Mm. But he hasn't he hasn't changed. Like I was worried he's gonna become like some like like cult tea kind of like you know what I mean. Like <laughs> I'm just trying to like talk with him about like the game. He's like, yeah, the Eagles will win if Jesus allows it, brother. You know? <laughs> but no, he's I, not I've, like I've that. seen firsthand that like you know it's been a it's been it's been very good for him and. Uh, I think that that makes sense that you guys are about, you know, the rebat like the, the rebaptizing, the, the like looking at it from a different angle almost, you know? Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. 
Yeah. The, those, um, if you want to imagine too, that more Anabaptist people like Mennonites, Quakers, mm. those are, those are all like traditions in that style. Like, right. and, and peacemaking is also a big thing there. Yeah, for sure. Nice. All right. We want to take it, uh, take it to the blunt. Let's go to the blunt. All right, here's how it's going to be. We're going to ask you rapid-fire questions. Uh, you give us rapid-fire answers. All right? This is how we wrap up every show. You ready? Yeah. Oh, you wow. ready? All right, what was your first ever car? Datsun. What is the weirdest thing that you have seen come into Circle Thrift? <laughs> like, you were like, why does someone think we can sell this? Drug <laughs> paraphernalia. Yeah, right on, right on. My bad, my bad. <laughs> I, I knew that was you, I, I, I thought I, I thought I, yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you have a favorite apostle? Yes, John. You have your own late night talk show. Who would be your first guest? I'm just going to say Reef because he's right here and he's so fun. <laughs> <laughs> um brunch or dinner brunch uh, water or wine water what's your karaoke song uh here i go again on my own is that white snake somebody yeah, was just talking is. about white snake Damn right it is. I used to hit rewind on that tape so much. Totally. Oh, that was my jam. Best place to eat in South Philadelphia. Oh. Um, oh, my word. That's impossible. There's so many good give, places. Give us your, give us your favorite. Uh, Los Gallos, right, right down the street from me. Uh, dogs or cats? Dogs. Right, correct answer. Yes. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Uh, if aliens landed on Earth tomorrow and offered to take you back to their planet, would you go? No way. <laughs> yeah. uh, I feel like now would be a pretty good time to say yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, have you ever been heckled? Oh, look. Like, like you're giving a sermon and someone's just like, that's not right. <laughs> um. Not really, no. Okay, good, good, good. Have you ever lost your train of thought during a sermon? Yes. What's that like? Oh, it's terrible. Thank goodness I have very gracious people. Uh, what's your favorite uh, style of hoagie? Italian. Okay. <laughs> Spicy Italian. All right. And you're, what, are you getting, you getting uh, mayonnaise and oil and vinegar, or what are you, do, what are you doing? Everything that works? Yeah, the works, mayonnaise, oil and vinegar, long hots. Ice, oh, the long hots. There you go. Do you consider a musical artist as a preacher? Because a lot of guys think that they'll refer to themselves as that. Yeah. yeah. Yes. What advice would you give eighteen year old Rachel? Hmm. Don't be afraid to say what you really think. Mm. Nice. Um, uh, favorite movie? Oh, you know, <laughs> I've, uh, right, I don't something, know. Something, something recent, something that you've seen recently that you loved. 
Uh, I just watched Into the Wild again with my kids. Okay, wow. Yeah. What are you What are you binge watching during all this? What's What's your What's your go to show right now? I don't have one. I need a new one. But honestly, uh, I've been I've been more busy in this quarantine than ever before. Yeah, uh, Tiger King is the correct answer. Very, very. Cool. Would have accepted Tiger King. Yeah. All right. I'll check it out. Tiger King on Netflix. I'm telling you. Have you guys, anybody else seen it? Yeah, you're Steph's watching it right now. She started it without me. I'm literally, I keep looking. <laughs> I don't know if you guys noticed me get up a couple times. It's That's why I'm so King. distracted. <laughs> yeah, dude. Get in there. Get in there. Yeah. It is the craziest thing I have ever seen. Wow. Yeah. I'm telling you. Tiger King. Crazy. What's it about? I don't it's know. About- it looks fucking Holy nuts. Jesus. All these tiger trainers. There's all these people that run all these tiger zoos around America, <laughs> and they're all batshit crazy because, of course. One guy's like a redneck, polyamorous, gay tiger trainer. The other guy's yeah. like a polyamorous, heterosexual tiger trainer. And then this crazy lady's trying to shut them all down. Yeah, and she killed her husband. She killed her husband. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's, all right. Yeah. Oh, it's well, so it's that's so a great good. way to end the interview with the, with the pastor. <laughs> I'm telling you, it is it's an amazing piece of work. All right, Greg, wrap, wrap us up. You go Celine Dion or Barbara Streisand? Barbara. Nice. Good answer. Good answer. Uh, all right, one last one. Favorite dessert? Uh, just a vanilla buttercream cake. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, right. you're definitely that's definitely some Italian shit right there. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> some with some coffee after that. You know what I mean? Espresso. Right. <laughs> espresso, a little espresso there. <laughs> totally. <laughs> totally. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. We really appreciate yeah, thank it. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you so much for having me. All you right. got it. Awesome. Thank you. Take it easy. All right, see you guys later. Peace. Peace. Just the sound of Philadelphia. the home of brotherly love brothers covered in blood the man's office is covered in bugs the youth dreams cut short sweat